Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. Um, you know, one of the biggest things I hear about when I talk to other advisors, when I talk to business owners, and I ask them, how's the business development coming? What's going on there? Uh, they kind of look around, look at the floor and say, you know, I, I've, been, I've been so busy that I forgot to develop new business, and I'm afraid that my pipeline's going to run out and I'm going to be scrambling. I'm going to be looking for new business again. So if that's you, if, if that's someone that you know of, tell them about this interview. Uh, listen up, grab a pen. We're going to be talking with Ahmed Munawar. He's the creator of the 90-Day Pipeline, a coaching program that helps business-to-business consultants and service providers fill their pipeline with five- and six-figure deals without begging for referrals, wasting time networking, or spending a dime on advertising. So, uh, Ahmed, uh, welcome. Thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, good to have you. Excited to be here, Bill. Ahmed, uh, tell, us, tell us a little bit more about you and your background. It's, it sounds like a fascinating topic, something our listeners are really going to be interested in. Uh, how did you uh, come across these ideas, and, and what have you been doing to, uh, to, to come up with these types of ideas? Yeah, I call myself an accidental marketer. Uh, my, my background is, believe it or not, in accounting. Uh, I went to business school for accounting, worked at a, a small little firm that you might have heard of called Ernst & Young, and um, kind of cut my teeth at a big firm, realized accounting wasn't really going to be the career of choice for me. Didn't really know what I wanted to do, though, and I ended up joining a, a small fledgling consulting firm um, that was tiny. They had one big real client. It was led by a couple of friends of mine. And they had no idea how to run the business. They were subject matter experts. They were the consultants doing the work with clients, their one client at the time. And they said, well, hey, you, you, know, you come from Ernst & Young, and you know, you've got these fancy suits, went to business school. Why don't you come run the business? And, and I said, sure. I don't know anything about building a consulting practice, but w- what could go wrong? Right? Why not? <laughs> and so right. I did that and uh, turned that business around, um, turned that into a seven-figure firm, won some pretty big blue-chip clients in, in the industry. Um, and over the course of that experience, really began to cut my teeth in marketing and business development in a B2B professional services context and began to appreciate the primacy of marketing and business development and that that's really the engine that drives everything else. And that was the impetus for me to start my own practice, which we call Boutique Growth, and ultimately launch the program uh, called the 90 Day Pipeline uh, that helps any consultant selling B2B or, or, or service provider selling B2B plug into the systems and the processes that we've tried and tested uh, to work really well. That's awesome. You know, it's ironic because I, accountants that I meet are notoriously bad marketers. They're just, they're not 
a lot of times, hey, they're they're all about the numbers. They're not they're not about um, getting out and you know things like networking and stuff like that. Which I think a lot of a lot of that's overrated, and that's what we're going to talk a little bit about. Now, you know that um, uh, getting out and 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 networking endlessly. I've been involved in a lot of networking groups and. Uh, the, the field is so crowded that you really have to differentiate yourself, and we're going to talk about that as well. So what are some of the biggest mistakes you find that, that uh, business owners or consultants or people that, that need to develop business uh, make or, or are making when you first approach them? Uh, you alluded to the big one in, in your introduction, right, is that the, the, the vast majority of B2B consultants, service providers who don't see themselves as marketers or business development people or salespeople, right? They see themselves as subject matter experts. Maybe they're experts at leadership development or training or strategy or operations or HR, whatever their particular expertise may be. That's how they see themselves. They don't see themselves as marketers or salespeople. And as a result, they don't see it as part of their job to bring in business and to build pipeline and to win deals. And so they only think about it when they need to, which is too late. Right? They think about it when smart folks like you ask them the question and then they go, oh, I guess, yeah, I guess we better think about that. Right? Or they think about it when revenue dries up. Or they think about it when they lose a whale client. Right? Or they think about it when COVID hits and all of a sudden um, their, their, their client roster looks pretty thin. Right? They think about it when it's too late, but they don't see it as an ongoing part of their job. They don't see it as what I would argue is their primary responsibility as a business owner to bring in new business. You know, sales is like oxygen, right? So your number one job as a human before anything else is breathe, man. <laughs> okay, like breathe. You know? right, right. Breathe oxygen in, right? And, and then breathe out. And if you can't breathe in oxygen, don't talk to me about climbing Everest or running a marathon because you can't breathe. And that's what yep. sales is for a business is if you're not breathing, if you're not bringing in sales, you don't have oxygen to survive. Uh, and that's, that's the big mistake that I find that, that people make is, especially if they don't self-identify as marketers or salespeople, they don't see it as part of their job to bring in new business. And that's a big mistake. Very good point. Now, I, I met a consultant, a crusty old guy, a long time ago. I met, and he said, he drew a line down the center of paper, and he said, "There's only two parts to a business: getting orders and filling orders." Right. <laughs> so I said, "You know, that's yeah, that's simple and and to the point." But a lot of people that we talk to forget about that getting orders side of it. They just and and it, it is. Uh, I've read in Inc. magazine, I think it was, or one of those periodicals, that that this, the head of a business uh, in the business development department should be spending 60% of their time looking for new business. Um, it's it's so you know it's significant. And a lot of people, again, like you said, they get busy, they forget, they they or or they they go to a a network meeting, a networking meeting, and they just basically barely show up, you know, barely deliver their message and think, well, I did that, so I'll check that one off my list. So just showing up doesn't get you anywhere, and not showing up at all really doesn't get you anywhere. So let's talk about your your system. Now, it's a 90-day pipeline system, and you say the clients will walk away with a, a radical focus on who they can deliver the most value to at the highest price, uh, powerful positioning that puts them head and shoulders above the competition, and a step-by-step -step marketing plan, and, and most of all, I think, more confidence in their business. That sounds terrific. Let's let's break it down. Tell us more about it. Well, it's 
it's really simple. Let's use your networking example. Right? The problem with going to random networking events, you know, and this is when you could, right? It's not even an option for most anymore. But right. when right. you could, the problem with that kind of indiscriminate networking is you walk into a room and, you know, how many clients are there in that room? that are even a good fit for you? How many of them have the business problem that you solve, right? How many of them are at a time where they're willing to take action on that business problem? You don't have the faintest clue, right? And so it's, it's you know, indiscriminate networking that very rarely yields results, not because you're not a good networker. You could be the best networker in the world, right? But if the numbers don't add up, there aren't enough people in that room that have the problem that you solve or are a good fit to work with you, you're not going to win many deals. And so our focus with our clients is, to go from a place of, you know, kind of passive networking and referrals and word of mouth, and maybe somebody finds out what you do, and maybe they're a good fit, maybe the timing is right, maybe, 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 I wouldn't build my business on maybe, to a place of deliberation, right, where you make choices, right, and this is the big thing that we focus on is control. We want you, if you're a client of ours, we want you to be in control of your business, in control of your fate, your destiny, in control of your outcomes, not passively letting things happen to you. So control means, number one, choosing who you can do your best work for at the highest price, right? Mm -hmm. uh, experts have varying yields on their expertise, and that yield varies by client, right? There are some clients who will charge more, or pay more, rather, who will value your right. work more, Right, who are going to get outsized returns from your work. And there are some clients who will value it less, will pay less, and get less returns. All things considered, choose the clients who are going to pay more and value it more and earn a higher return. Right? So number one, choosing who you want to work with based on where you will get the highest yield and return on your expertise. And then number two, making it really clear to them why you're the best choice in the marketplace. And this is the piece that people really fall down on is you'd be shocked. Well, you probably wouldn't be shocked at how many business owners we talk to where we ask them a very simple question. Why should your clients choose you? Or even better, why do your clients choose you? And nobody yes. knows. Nobody knows, yeah. Nobody yep. has a good answer. Right? And, you know, no wonder you're not winning any deals because you can't even articulate to me in a few simple words why you're the best choice in the marketplace. Not for everybody because – you know, being the best choice in the marketplace for everybody is a tall task. That's hard to do. You've got to have big budgets and a big brand. But you can be the best choice in the marketplace for the specific type of customer that you want to serve. Okay, good point. And that's the second good piece point. that we help with is getting really clear on why you're the best choice for that particular customer. Okay, so if have, having your, I guess we call it an avatar, your perfect your perfect client in mind, first of all, being intentional about that, and then knowing what you're going to say exactly to to define to them why you're the best in the marketplace. Okay, we're on track with that. What's what's next? And then consistently showing up in front of them in the right places, right? So I, you know, all things considered, I'd rather be at a networking event where I know that the right people are in the room and they're likely to have the problem that I'm facing or that I solve rather, right? And so that's about marketing and, and content and thought leadership, right? The the mark of a thought leader, an expert, is they publish, right? The mark of somebody that knows what they're doing and has a perspective and a take on a problem that the industry is facing is they share that expertise, right? So a lot of people that we talk to, they will tell us, hey, I'm really good when I get in front of a client or a prospect, really good when right, I get in the right. room with them. And we have this one-to-one -one conversation. We hear that all the time, right? 
problem is, why would they get in the same room as you? Why would they have a conversation with you? You know, we have a mantra that we throw around uh, inside our program, which sounds like this. Strangers, sorry, busy people, executives, don't talk to strangers unless there's a good reason to do so. You know, right. we, really, we really bought into the, the advice of our parents, right? Don't talk to strangers, right? We don't do that. You know, <laughs> right. Bill, when's the last time you talked to a stranger unless you had a reason to do it? Good, good point. Good, that, that's very true. So, and that's marketing in a nutshell, right? And people overlook this. They think marketing is about sending some cold outreach messages or spamming their network or, you know, going to a networking event. That's not marketing. Marketing is giving your market a reason to interact with you. And if you don't do that, a, you're not marketing, and B, uh, you're not going to win very many deals. Very good, very good point. So a lot of you know a lot of people I think go to uh, uh, networking organizations that I've belonged to and say you know there's other professionals that have clients and uh, you know all I need to do is impress upon them that I have a service that when their clients need it hopefully they'll think of me. So sometimes it's uh, it's the once removed kind of marketing these days to to get in front of the the avatar clients, advisors. Do you have any advice for uh, being becoming memorable or uh, for for in, for individuals that are in that situation? It, it's the same. It's the same exercise, right? So that's a great strategy. Makes a lot of sense, right? If uh, the clients that you want to serve, if they already have relationships with other consultants, experts, advisors, practitioners, and they already have a level of trust with them, why not borrow some of that trust and credibility? Absolutely, great strategy, same problem. Why should they refer to you? There's 10 other people like you at that same networking event trying to buy for their client's business. Why should they refer to you? Now, there's a bit of a different angle there, right? Because the reason why I would refer to you has little to do with the client and more to do with how I'm going to be perceived by the client. What I mean by that is this. If I refer to you and you help my client get a great result, I mean, I'm happy for the client, absolutely, but I'm happier for myself because now I'm the hero in the client's eyes, right? I'm the one that brought you to the table, enabled you to solve the problem my client was facing, and now I have a deeper level of trust and credibility and status in the mind of my client. That's why I refer to you. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and the opposite of that is true, too. The, the fear that they don't trust you, that they don't think that you're going to solve the problem, and they might end up worse off with their clients than before they referred you. And that's happened, you know, that's happened to me, too, where I've referred people in, and the person doesn't call the client, or they overcharge them, or they're just they're rude to them. It's just, it can be very embarrassing to be on the wrong end of that. So you really have to build that that trust up to, to and uh, reputation so that people know that you are the person to, to help solve the problem so that they'll look good, right? That, that's a big part of it. Uh, what I'm, what I'm uh, thinking about here is it, with, your, with your program, we talk about filling your pipeline, not just with, you know, I, I call clients A, B, and C clients, right? So there's the, the very best, uh, the, the middle of the road, and the ones that you kind of, you know, wish, you wish that maybe they didn't, they weren't your clients anymore, let's say. Um, but what you're talking about is filling your pipeline with A clients, with A-level clients, five- and six-figure consulting deals without begging for referrals, really upgrading your marketplace. And I think what we've heard from you so far is that be, that's because you're deliberate on who you're going after and you're, you're ready and prepared at the time you're in front of those people. And then you get 
the hard part, you know, how do you get in front of those people? Let's talk about that. What do you recommend to your your clients about how they would find and get in front of those, uh, you know, get side by side with some of those perfect um, perfect strangers, I guess? Yeah. So I'll give you the strategic answer and I'll give you the tactical answer, right? So strategically, there's two paths to follow. There's the direct path and there's the indirect path. Okay. And, and most consultants ought to be doing both. The direct path is going directly after the end user client that you want to be serving and sparking conversations and building relationships with them. Absolutely fundamental. And the indirect path is what you and I just talked about. It's looking at who already has the trust and the audience and the relationships with the clients I want to serve. And there, there's a whole framework around that. It's far broader than you're thinking about it right now. I can promise you that, right? That's far more powerful than the accountant that refers to the lawyer and vice versa. You know, mm-hmm. if you think about all the different providers, experts, consultants, companies, organizations that your client is working with, it's a long list. And there's a lot of people on that list who you can form win-win relationships with for whom your service is complementary and value-adding to theirs. That's a big opportunity. So there's, there's strategically there's two paths, the direct and indirect path. Um, tactically, you want to find out where these people are, where you can get in front of them, and then give them a reason to engage. So for us in the B2B space, LinkedIn is that place. Right? LinkedIn is where if you're selling B2B, I don't know the better way, a faster way to build a list of people that you want to be engaging with and building relationships with progressively and deliberately build relationships with them, get the right content, messaging assets in front of them and spark a conversation. Don't know the faster way to do it. Uh, and it's worked really well for our clients. But the key is not to just show up. It's, you know, your networking example is, is, a, is a great example. Showing up is not going to do anything. It's not going to win you any deals, right? Showing up is the bare minimum. Once you're there, what are you saying? What are you communicating? You know, we, we call this the exercise of front-loading beliefs, right? A busy executive business owner who mm-hmm. needs your help is only going to talk to you if there's a good reason for them to do so. They need belief. Now, you might be able to get them belief after the conversation, sure, but can you get them belief before the conversation? Because if you don't get them belief before the conversation, they won't have the conversation. And that's where that marketing content, that, that leadership, that material that you put out to the marketplace is essential. And getting the belief before the content, do you mean uh, having established a reputation um, behind the scenes? Uh, and there are numerous ways to do that. We're doing one of them right now, and obviously uh, publishing, uh, being, being talked about by, by others. Uh, what, what are some of the other methods for that? Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of playbooks, right? But I'm, I'm referring to content and thought leadership uh, in, in a broader sense, right, which mm-hmm. most people are not doing. So this is a good example. Like I'm on this podcast with you. I'm talking. I'm not claiming expertise. I'm not, you know, claiming that I'm the best at this, that, and the other. I'm demonstrating it. We're having a conversation. You're asking me smart questions. I'm answering those questions. And through my answers, I'm exuding expertise and confidence and a track record. And people are listening, and they'll hear it, and they'll want to engage, and they'll want to learn more, right? Every business owner needs to be doing this in different shapes and forms because if we don't do it, you know, you know that you're an expert. The marketplace doesn't know you're an expert, and they don't know you squat, right? You've got to prove to them your expertise. And if you're not engaging in some kind of exercise where that expertise is being proven and demonstrated, then why would they buy 
Yeah, these days, if you're not doing it, you can bet your competition is. There, you know, there's so many different uh, different ways uh, to approach marketing. And again, I would implore our listeners uh, uh, find out more about this the 90 day pipeline. Uh, find out more about boutique growth and find out more about Ahmed Munawar. How do they how do they uh, best get in touch with you? What's the best way for them to uh, find out what this is all about and, and engage with you? Yep, real simple. Head over to 90daypipeline.com. You will learn about our entire methodology and our system there. And if that's uh, of interest to you at all, you can grab a call with our team and we can talk shop. You know, the the good thing about first interviews with someone is uh, we learn a lot, make new friends. The bad thing is we we barely scratch the surface on the topic and uh, it's time to go. But I really enjoyed talking with you today and I hope you'll come back uh, at some point in the future and share more with us because I think this is a topic that a lot of our listeners uh, love to hear about uh, ideas and thoughts. And uh, again, you've, you've given us some really good things to think about today. Thanks so much, Ahmed. Appreciate it. Entirely my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 